on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. I'm still not the technical person. That's not my right. forte. And the cool thing is I don't have to pretend it is. Realize that guys and girls really have a very unique, you know, way of approaching things and the unique skill set when one person is really honored and able to just run as free as they want in their specialty and the other person is able to do that. Like together, it's it's like an even bigger third. It's like the whole collaboration creates something even greater. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. I got Tamara Chase on the King stage today, a queen herself. How are you, Tamara? Hello. I'm so glad you're here. Happy Monday to you. Thank you. We were just off air, but I like to say this every single time I have a queen on the stage. Is that king? King is not masculine. It's mindset. And you are uh, full of fulfillment of that mindset. I'm excited for this conversation. You've got an incredible business. What kind of business do you have? I am, I am proud to be in the roofing industry and not by, not by choice, <laughs> <laughs> but now I love it. I don't know. That wasn't all my business plan. <laughs> Well, we're going to have to get into how in the world that changed, but I, I love everything that you're doing. You know, your branding. I can see the pink hard hat behind you. I just, I love the smile on your face as well as all of your people that I've seen through a lot of your content and stuff. So I just think we're going to have a great conversation here um, around what it means to build a business in that way. But before we do, <clears throat> Tamara, I want to know at this level, you guys are crushing. You guys have a great business, great team. You know, you're a Dolphins fan. They Apparently, they won this weekend because you said it was a good weekend. <laughs> I want to know what drives you at this level. Like, why are you still pushing? Well, my why is not about money. And so that's quite interesting. And something I, I didn't realize till not long ago, really, actually. So my why is all about relationships and, connect and the connections with them. Yeah. And I, I use... I use Chase Roofing as really a platform to have a build, have a business so that I can fill this why. So yeah. I love, I love seeing the best in people and I love, I love watching people grow. I'm a big, you know, I'm always learning and, you know, all you can do is really look at yourself and it's never, it's never really the people around you. It's always yourself. And so the, the thing I learned the fastest was the more I could, Look, you know, point the finger at me and see how you know, see where I can take ownership of my own part. I right. suddenly noticed that everyone else around me started like doing better. I thought that was interesting. So yeah. I I really like seeing the best in people, and I like I love seeing, put you know, their possibilities that they don't even know. Yeah. And in the construction industry, that's that's easy to do. You have you have women who aren't necessarily even know that like construction's an option 
And so right. you see them like, you know, choosing it and choosing this as an industry. And you see, you see people just like growing in that area because they didn't even know that was possible. You see men, I have a lot of, I have a lot of guys on our team that are in addiction and in recovery and super successful. I have yeah. guys that maybe made a couple of bad choices a long time ago. And unfortunately people start judging them after that. And I could see past that. So I love yeah. creating like this playground that we all get to really create the platform to, to rise. It's an opportunity to grow and stretch and see what your best is. And, and that's what it's all about. So that, that, that is what makes me tick. It makes me yeah. happy to have it. it. makes me happy to be a part of really. Yeah. I mean, obviously you can just, I, you can hear it in your tone. If you're watching the video for the listener here, you can see it in your smile, just that, that recognition of someone else's potential um, and how really that has no connection to, well, like you said, their, their past, whether they're male or female, like none of it matters. It just matters. What do you want? Yep. What are you willing to put in to get it? Yep. Let's go. Like Let's that's, go. that's the equation, you know? Yep. So I love that about you that you're not only have done that literally, but then that you're facilitating that opportunity for, for others through your industry. So why do you think just recently you figured that out? Like what, what happened that made you feel, you know, figure that out recently? Well, there's, I mean, everyone who's, who's a business owner knows the zillions of things that happen have to go into a business, right? So, yeah. I mean, we could go on for, you know, years and years of this conversation of like how many different things there it takes to really have a successful business right. and how many, how many times even the, you know, the things that are bad are what helps you learn and grow and the silver lining around all that. But it is, I don't know, I guess. The reason I just recently found out is because typically you're handling all those types of things to make it work, yeah. right? And so like right. the business has to work. Otherwise you can't play this game, right? And you get busy focusing on all that stuff. And it wasn't like recently that I was like, how come, how come I, I really want to keep doing this? Like I could have right. sold it a long time ago. I could have, right. you know, I could have, you know what I mean? Like why, why, what makes me want to keep going with this? And yeah. it, it's like, I do, I, I'm a. I have coaches myself. I firmly believe in them. And during some of those sessions are when you really get to like turn the finger inside and look and see like, what's that about? Why, why is uh -huh. that? It was just a re it was just pretty recent that where I just realized, wow, my why has nothing to do with money. I mean, yeah, I like money. I love all the stuff we do with money, but yeah, but it's not my why. And so, yeah, yeah. It's usually got to be tied to something that money can do for you for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> And so in this case, facilitating that opportunity. People are like hiring people that that is their why <laughs> around me is, is helpful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, and I would even say that you're, what you just described is accurate for anybody that you're going to bring on. Anybody who's listening today, at some point, money, it has to be more than that. It's okay that it's money right now. If you're listening or if you're on, you know, Tamara's team and, and your, your why is, provision, right? I want to make money to buy things. Okay, fine. Right. At some point though, you realize that, that, that life is more than that. And, and whether it's helping others or legacy or, well, you know, whatever, whatever that looks like for your family, it's pretty cool when you can get to that place because now it's like a whole nother level of like, it you is. know, intensity, really. It is. It's, it makes me, it makes me so proud that I didn't give up in the middle of it. There's been, there was a zillion times I could have, 
And it makes me it makes me really proud to be a part of it because now now I realize like the responsibility and the honor that I have that now I, I, I've created a nice little platform. So now people listen to me when I talk. And so now even more than ever, you can put a little ripple out there and where that goes, ever, you know, yeah. I've always had a big thing on kindness. And that was one of our differentiating, you know, factors in the company was really, we could, how can we do this successfully and be nice to each other? So it doesn't mean always like kumbaya, but right. it means like respect. And it respect. means professionalism. So, yeah. So, so now that's coming around full circle. So it's really, really cool to see everybody uh, play with me in this arena. You know? Exactly. Yeah. I love what you said there that, you know, you kind of happened into this ability where people listen to you. And I think that that's really cool for the listener to hear today because they're probably not where you are, you know, revenue wise, team wise, experience wise, but it's really, really cool for someone on the front end. Imagine us before we were where we are hearing somebody say, Hey, look, I know how it feels right now, but if you'll just keep going, if you don't quit in the middle, eventually what happens is X. And whether that's like you're saying, maybe some notoriety, maybe some authority, maybe some ability to change and speak the industry or people involved in the industry, whatever the opportunity is, those things come with the persistence of just kind of just doing the thing over and over and over for a period of time. And so I just think that's so encouraging. Let's go back in your story. I want to know why did you start the company? Was this the first business? Did you did you grow up in an entrepreneurial family? Give us like the beginnings of you and business together. I I think no, my my family did put me around a lot of cool situations when I was younger. Okay. I had I had my sister and the two of us are two and a half years apart. So, you know, when you're all girls, it's different. So I was the oldest, so I was the boy of the family. So I took out the garbage and mowed the yard and did the boy stuff. And, sure. and my dad was involved with a lot of really cool stuff. So like at the time he was like a pain in the butt. He really was. <laughs> yeah. But I have, I really owe a lot of who I am because of the experiences that he put me in. So I, I was in Civil Air Patrol, all guys. Wow. And it, you know, when I, I really became a leader there, they taught me how to, how to be a leader in that, in that group that was like the Air Force version of ROTC. Okay. Uh, yeah. Is what the Patrol is. So I had that and I had band and I had church and orchestra and all that. So like all of those things really helped develop me. But I don't know if they ever pushed me into business. They they worked for other people. My dad was a pilot. My mom was an executive assistant. So it wasn't that. But I think I I think when I hear that question, I go back to like like elementary school where I was selling red hot toothpicks you ever you ever do that when you were a kid where you Red chew hot, on like tooth, okay okay so like a flavored toothpick yeah like the, okay you know, stick them in cinnamon oil and then salt sell the sticks interesting <laughs> they also did chocolates my mom had this mold that she did and so i'm like oh i can do chocolates and i put little little doilies and i'm like what kid doesn't want chocolate so it's all exactly. over two hearts for 25 cents <laughs> wow okay a whole quarter yeah whole quarter so yeah, I did that. And then, I mean, I always had a job, so I was in uh, delivering newspapers and, you know, all yeah. of that. But I think the entrepreneurial spirit was always there. It was sort of like, how do I combine that that need you see with the service that you provide? Right. So I've, I've always, I think I've always had that, that <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So how, how did, fast forward a little bit to, was this the first company that you, then you started or was there one officially before that? 
Yeah. Did, so my husband, my husband started this particular company with a partner of his. Okay. He was my husband was working in the trucking industry and a national trucking chain let go everybody, 25,000 people. So wow. he said, he called up his friend who was a handyman and said, hey, listen, can I go work with you basically for the day? So he knew he had $100 and not, you know, the next day. So they were doing that and they suddenly were doing a little more and more. They were really in the remodel side of things and painting and, you know, kitchen remodels. I, I sort of saw like, wow, this could be a business. And and so I I went behind, I was like behind the scenes doing get a license and ensure, like, you know, my husband's smart. So you just sign him up for the test and he goes down and he's now a contractor. He's like, so all of a sudden we have, you know, we got a logo and, uh, you know, business cards and I'm like doing business development at networking groups. My husband yeah. did it. My husband didn't do that. And I was still very in the background. I'm, I was going yeah. back to school at the time. My kids were in middle school and I hadn't gotten a degree, you know, I was harping on them to get a degree. And I'm like, wait a second, I haven't gotten a degree. So I had to go, you know, put my money where my mouth was. <laughs> yeah, wow. And, and I was on track to, to go to law school. So I didn't get into Nova, which is the local law school. And so that yeah. means I was going to have to travel and raise kids over Skype before Zoom, where there wow. was Skype, right? So Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That, that wasn't really a reality. So I started just like sort of getting more and more involved with my husband. So as we grew, then I just took on more and... Eventually, I took over in 2010 and did, we we were at the time doing hurricane protection and at roofing, we, we had slowly added those on. Yeah. So maybe 2004, we went over, over into roofing and then Wilma came in 2005 and we never really went back after that. I, I just merged everything. We were doing hurricane protection. So we, we had our own Miami NOA. We were doing accordion shutters when they were a thing. So I, I did the hurricane mm-hmm. protection side and John did the roofing side. And then when I took over, I said, let's streetline. And we just went down to roofing and sort of never went back. We never really went back to GC. Yeah. Stay with it a little. We are, we are GC contractors, but we, we usually stick with that when it has to do with like the trusses and, sure. you know, well, just, you know, roof to wall and stops and stuff like that. So we yeah. tend, people tend to get into the, the two GC of the world. I, I love, I love the story. I, one thing that you, that you said that I just think, I mean, I don't know if it's funny. I don't know if that's the right descriptive word, but. How you said at the beginning, basically you were the puppeteer. You know, you're behind the scenes. You kind of made it sound like it was no big deal, but you were the orchestrator. You were the like, hmm, the creative mind. You know, the yeah, <laughs> the 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 Doctor Evil behind everything, making it all happen. <laughs> and what what a dynamic duo that you and your husband are. Exactly. Where where not only he would be willing, he sounds like a freaking go getter, like just yeah. one to the next and just making it happen. Um, but to have a dynamic with you where where you each have your spot and can yeah. go and tug and lead each other. Yeah. Talk on that because I'm sure you guys over the years have have played this out, rolled this out, you know, being in the same business. But then when you say I took over, I mean, a lot of I think a lot of men out there would be like, <clears throat> you know, like, <laughs> no, <laughs> talk, talk through that a little bit, because I think I think there's some there's some magic there. <laughs> yeah. So this is interesting because. You know, I, I wasn't trying to take over, but what was happening is I was behind the scenes and I was the one like having to pick up the messes and, and I like systems and processes. So it drove me crazy that after we would make a mistake, I'd be like, okay, that's fine. Like, what did we learn from that and create a different way so that you're streamlining your business better. And I didn't feel like I had, I had that. So I was physically like going crazy and 
And, and my poor husband was trying to like run things from, you know, by then the other partner had left fairly early in the beginning. And so, you know, he was out in the field trying to do things from a phone and, yeah. and he doesn't like systems and processes as much. He doesn't. <laughs> And That's okay. Said, That's why you guys are drawn to each other. Right. right. So, you know, it, it was a struggle for him. In fact, you know, because like you said, like, a, like how a lot of guys would feel, it took me a long time to say something yeah. because it was really, you know, I was putting myself out there. I, I basically had to be hurting enough to say, hey, listen, I'm a smart person. I'll go find something else to do. This isn't really working for me. Yeah. And he's like, what do you mean? <laughs> right. You no. Know, and he's like, you know, now he, now he jokes around and says, you know, guys are pretty simple. All you have to do is really tell us, you know? Yeah. I don't know why it took me a couple of years to say something, but you know, I finally did. And I said, listen, I, I need to, I need to move on and let you do this your way or, or I need to take over it because this is, I'm, I like physically, I felt like I was going to have the hives or something like it yeah. was, you know what I mean? It wasn't good. And he was so happy that I said something. So I don't <laughs> He's like, why did it take so long to say something? <laughs> yeah, he's been begging for help, dying for it. <laughs> yeah. So wow. so he was really happy about it. So he he got to, you know, do what he was more interested in doing. And, you know, he loves coming up with with out of the ordinary solutions. So he was great, you know, with the customers and he's not salesy. He's like, it's so interesting now to look at how similar both of our direction is and how differently yeah. we approach it. Like he's sure. basically the introverted version of me, but we yeah. both have, you know, we're both like really about like relationships and connection and right. solutions, right. you know? Yeah. So I think, I think it was sort of wild like to finally say something. And then he's like, yeah, perfect. Take over. <laughs> yeah. I just so, think that's incredible that not only that you got there finally, thank goodness, but, yeah. but I, how many, how many husband wife duos are out there that are in that same scenario or Maybe the wife isn't involved, but the guy, the the leader, the guy who's listening right now is just like your husband. He's spinning, you know, trying to keep all the plates happening all the same time. Right. Systems and processes aren't necessarily his forte. Right. And and he what he hasn't had is someone. Unfortunately for your husband, it was you. Right. A lot of times we have to go make that higher. We have to say, okay, exactly. I'm not good in these areas. Yeah. In order to survive, in order to grow to to right. to multiple millions you've got to have systems and process. And so yeah. you can't just be fly by the seat of your pants all the time. That that works for a period of time in the ingenuity stage, but you have to be able to create a business. And so- it does. Yeah, to make it a true business and not something that you're just doing that, like, you know, he's like, well, he was more like the technician role. Like he understood the skill set behind. And so, you know, I, I mean, I went and became a roofing contractor. Eventually he's the one that supported that. He's like, listen, you're the one you know, protecting my license. You need to, Go become a roofing contractor. So I, I went and did that, but you know, I'm still not the technical person. That's not my right. forte. And and the cool thing is, I don't have to pretend it is. I don't have to. Yeah. Like, what a blessing that I get to see things through my lens, and he gets to see things through his lens. And and instead of like fighting each other, like frustrated, why the other person doesn't see it your way, realize that really, guys and girls really have a very unique, you know, way of approaching things. And and the the approach of the unique skill set when one person is really honored and able to just run as free as they want in their specialty and the other person is able to do that like together it's it's like an even bigger third it's like the whole collaboration creates something even greater yeah yeah, yeah. i mean <laughs> you're right the putting those two together especially since the lenses are so different 
Right. I mean, you could go, you could, I mean, what's the love and respect book, you know, where it's like the pink earphones, the pink microphone and the blue and like in marriage, obviously yeah. those things are, it comes out of my mouth one way, but into your ears a different way. Right. Well, that happens in business also, if you can get on the same page, yeah. you know, it's funny because I had a gal, oh, this was probably four or five months ago. It was actually two ladies on the pod and one's the visionary, one's the integrator. And the integrator was like, you know, you know who makes great integrators usually are women. And yeah. more even so, more so moms, because this is what we do. Yeah. And it's funny when I think about my own organizations, I, I employ mostly women. And because it's probably, well, first off, I grew up single mom family. It was me, my mom, my grandma, my yeah. sister, the female cats, female dogs. It was all females, but me. But, the, <laughs> but it's, there's something to be said about yeah. female touch, if you will, or the, the, that, that mindset that just is yeah, so impactful. was always, he was raised with a really strong mom, a really strong grandmother. So he didn't know anything yeah. different. And, and really, I mean, I guess that's probably a, a big part of it. I, I think like, I think it's actually fascinating because this is my 20th year in this. And there's a definite difference between now and 20 years ago. I mean, sure. I, I think back to even just like my own leadership style, there wasn't, they didn't have words like feminine leadership. They didn't right. have that term then. Right. And it was just like, I think because I was in the construction industry, it was just so blatantly not my style that it was easy for me to go, yeah, that doesn't really work for me. Let me, let me do it this way. Let's build a team around culture and about possibilities and, and, and getting us all in the same direction versus this technical part of it. So yeah. I, I think it's fascinating to see like literally before my eyes, like the, the what's happening. Like I see, I see how men and women showed up with good old boys and I see men now that are just. I mean, they're rock stars and, and their, their companies are all doing better because of it. They're, they're, you know, holding up women for like the strengths that they have and they're able to play in the same sandbox. And yep. I don't know, I, I'm like totally inspired by these days. <laughs> I know, I know you're right. Cause a lot of things are changing, but I just think that you're, I just wanted to highlight your, your portion there. Cause you've, you've led the way I'm sure in a lot of areas, especially in your industry. So yeah, just incredible. Let's, let's get into a good and bad decision here. It's the meat and potatoes of the show here. I want to know a good decision, something that you made along the way that you can think of. A lot of your success has come from this one decision. What is that? Good decisions. You know, I think, I think that sometimes it's timing. Okay. And, yeah, I agree. And I think back some of the best decisions, it was sort of like trusting the intuition of, yeah, this is the right way to go. And you have the support and you sort of go. Yeah. Uh, certainly after Hurricane Wilma, was a big, it was a big, you know, stepping stone for us. It put, it put us on the map. Really. We were a lot smaller before that. That's really what led us to, to growth. And I think of like how we handled that. Yeah. Being the small players, we didn't have, we didn't even have access to materials in a supply house. We didn't have wow. electricity for a couple of weeks. We didn't have a sales team. We had, we had a generator, a laptop and a printer. And I went to the office store and I made carbon, I got carbon, old sheets of carbon. Yeah. And I, I, we went into like these small little neighborhoods that actually the, everyone says the eye of the storm went over their house, but this is really the actually eye of the storm went actually went over. And sure. they were these little 13 square, two story yeah. shingle roofs that yep. were down to the wood. And, and, and it was right around the corner from us. And I, I think back at like how quick we were, we were able to adapt to that. Yeah. And, you know, we were running up in the middle of the night up where you could get gas. 
filling up the beds of the trucks with a whole bunch of, you know, little gas cans and whatever we could grab, we were, we were grabbing. Yeah. And, and then we, we got all my, all my kids and their friends to be the salespeople because anyone just wanted a roofer. They didn't, they didn't care. <laughs> yeah. Just help. So we realized in this one particular model, there was three models. So we like made three templates up and we just like, we were just on the street and there and anything we promised we fulfilled. <laughs> I think, yeah. I think that literally is what, what put us on the map. And I, 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 you know what I mean? I'm just so grateful. Like I think of, if we were to hit, if we were to have a storm like Wilma Covent now, with what we know now, yeah, it would have been very different money wise. But like oh, that's yeah. what like really put us on the map as far as a team coming in and yeah, getting together. Yeah, the 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 very fabric of your company DNA was not only tested but created. It sounds like really exactly it was created. Wow. One thing that I heard you say that is probably more of a me just giving you an attaboy than anything, but I just think it's so incredible. You said the eye of the storm. These people who were demolished were right around the corner from you. AKA, you personally were probably experiencing some of the same difficulties, but yet here you guys were in the middle of the night, hustling, figuring it out, getting gas, putting templates together on a generator, powering your laptop, figuring out templates. That just, to me, speaks fortitude. It speaks opportunity. It speaks, even though we were this tiny company, we yeah. weren't on the map at all. It's like, you know, here in the Midwest, when the sun shines, you make hay. Like, yes. that's when you do it, you know? like <laughs> Yeah. When, when Wilma comes, you, you help people with roofs. And, and yeah. I, I just, even though it's so simple and so small, I just think that what you said there, you were dealing with the same stuff, I'm sure, personally, and people yeah. around you, people in your church, people in your community. And yet you were still, you know, making it happen. And then, then your team, like you said, the DNA around that. What, what do you think? Like, okay, so I, I, I'm sure that went on for a period of time. What was the next step out of that? I'm trying to correlate maybe like a, this moment for the listener, because they're going to have this moment, this moment of opportunity, as we're going to maybe dub it for you. Hey, Kings and Queens, Chaz Wolf. I want to talk to you about something that's super important to me. We put a lot of time and effort, we meaning myself and my team, into this podcast, into the content that goes out every single day. And if you have been getting any sort of value or insight from this, we want it to be able to reach other business owners too. So we would love if you would like, comment, share, leave a review, post, share again, <laughs> all of the things on social media, on all the different platforms or even on the podcast mediums of Apple and Spotify. We would love to be able to get our content into more hands, more entrepreneurs, so they can grow their business as quick as possible. Together, we are building a community of like-minded entrepreneurs who are committed to growing their businesses to new heights. So let's do this. Let's help each other. Let's help each other grow. What did you do next? After you kind of like got done with the scrambling phase, what was phase two of maximizing this, this opportunity? Well, we learned a lot through that next phase. We had more roof jobs than we could handle. We ended up with a crew. We we had right before that, we had done a roof on our own house. It was a really, really bad experience. And, you know, so we pulled an owner permit. We hired this crew and it was just really bad. First thing they did was like come and drop a, like a, they rolled off this dumpster and it like ruined our poor little cheap driveway. Oh, and um, they peed in the shingles in the front yard. It was just a disgusting garbage everywhere. Like horrible experience. Yeah. And so we fired that crew and brought on another crew. And that crew that we brought on ended up doing work with us for years and years. They were they ended up being our wow. our crew for 
I don't probably a good seven, eight years. And so it was, I don't know, it was really cool to see the, yeah. the you know, come around with that, the, the, the life out of a deathly scenario. <laughs> But I mean, like, really, when I think about like the 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 meat and the potatoes of like why we were doing that, when I think back, we were just trying to you know support however we could support. I mean, yeah. they needed help. I mean, we I remember we even had like one electric stove that we were like cooking meals for everybody at back in one of my older lives. I uh, worked with the church, and we would be three hundred fifty women on Wednesdays once a month, and I was in charge of the food, so. I knew how to cook without a kitchen and, you know, prepare like a lot. And so this little tiny electric stove, we were able to like cook for the neighborhood. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it just service however we could, you know, people, I'll never forget how people were acting then, how scared they were and, and how nobody was coming out to help them because any big roofer, what are they, you know, they're going out these little tiny roofs. Like it's just wasn't even something that they, they could do. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd be like, after that, we had all of these jobs. It was like, which job do we do today? And so, like, after that was really like, take an opportunity of like, how do we organize this? How do we get the people on the team to to make it happen and fulfill what you promised, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That was gonna be the second thing I was gonna pull out from the story that you said is that you fulfilled every promise that you made. And so I think that, you know, both of these things for the listener, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna give just a little bit of a, a stamp, for the listener from this part of your story is that number one, you, you hustle when you hustle, like, of course we're hustling all the time. Like you, you have a business, you got to go get it, but there are moments when you have to really, really press in. And, uh, and sometimes it looks like in the middle of the night, sometimes it looks like providing meals for the neighborhood, whatever that hustle quote unquote looks like, it's really just you serving in right. whatever capacity that you can, you're probably going to be tired. You're probably going to be overwhelmed. You're probably going to be stressed, but the, but the heart there is, serving and then on the backside is man just do what you say you're gonna do and and watch i'm sure over the course of time between the front end and the back end of those two things coming together um, people started to uh, recognize you guys as not only somebody who uh, is trustworthy but somebody who could do what they say they're going to do as a good job they're taking care of the community like wow what an impact i'm sure that you made as a whole there would you like to add anything to that for the listener yeah i think you know like the little opportunities like when people are, people are always watching you. And I, I don't think I realized that at the time. Now I realize that, but people are always watching you. So they, they can tell when your behavior and your words don't match. And, True. you know, we, we had a, I, I remember one time we had a tin tag inspection and we were an inch off on our tin tags. And, and so the inspector came out and he failed it and said, okay, he did. He suggested go ahead and put another another tin tag in between so right. you can go every other one and then that'll that'll work that will shorten up your your you know, your tin tag inches and but we knew that that's gonna like put the double amount double amount of holes in a roof and so we took it off and started over and I'll, I'll never forget the inspector came back out and he was like looking through his papers trying to figure out like I know I remember seeing this and thinking he's gonna come see you know just a bunch of shiny tin tags on the roof and and we had redone it and that cost us 10 grand to, to redo that you know right and he was so impressed that we did the right thing with it he, he's still talking about it oh i'm sure <laughs> yeah because it's sort of like how it, it's just an their examples and teams doing this all the time it's like bringing the right people on for character and that's why because like when no one's watching you how yeah. they act 
it matters. It is is your company. <laughs> it's yeah. not just like how they are when you're there. Yeah. And- yeah. The challenge there for the owner listening is that number one, you do the right thing, right? Yep. They're watching. They're watching. And and then and it, you, when you do something wrong and use that because they watch that too. So if I just brush it off, I mean, there's like things that, that, you know, I'm, I'm not so proud of. And yeah, yeah, you gotta, you gotta own them and, and admit it. Cause otherwise they just, they know, they, they, they see you. <laughs> They do. They do. I think that we could spend a whole podcast just on that, <laughs> but you're right. You're right. So let's, let's, let's dig into your little dirty cookie jar there that you're, that you're referring to of the, some of those things you've made mistakes on. I want to know what, what's a, what's a bad decision that you've made that, you know, that caused some issues that maybe you could share and help save some time for the listener. I would say the very first years comparing us to other people was a big mistake. We were, we were so caught up on, you know, in the roofing world, everything's done by the square. And we were so caught up on, all right, so, you know, so-and-so is doing it for 400 a square and we're doing it for 425. So we're doing good. Except for the one year where we almost went out of business and could not understand where the cash was going. And so I got a coach. My husband actually is the one that first suggested this. And I was so angry at first because I was like, any entrepreneurs that's busy knows the last thing I need is add more things today. So if you don't have time to go on vacation, if you don't have time to go see a coach, then you need a coach. <laughs> Literally. Yes. So during that co- this coaching session, I, you know, the first things I learned was really truly how to operate a business and not just, not just like the, how do you get things done, but how do you do things by the numbers? How, how much does it cost to do a job? So that summer we went and almost went out of business. What do, what do you do? You go and get more jobs because you think that it's a cash flow issue. And that summer is when I realized that it wasn't a cash flow issue. It, it was, we weren't charging enough for our jobs. We didn't know what our true overhead was. We didn't know the true cost of growth. Right. And so I had to go borrow money from my mother-in-law and that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was dying on the edge of my chair. They're going, what is she going to say? What is she going to say? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That turkey doesn't taste as good at Thanksgiving when you go to mother-in-law, buddy. But you know, I, I looked at her and I promised I freaking it out. So yeah. that was, that was, you know, that was a hum- eat a lot of humble pie and asking for help and really getting people around you and doing the work of figuring out like the true cost of business. Yeah. Super important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The the equations there. I, I love what you said. Obviously, for you in the in the construction space, specifically roofing, cost per job. Obviously, like you said, cost for growth. I think a lot of people don't calculate that. Right. As far as what does that look like to go from five? So whatever you to think you need to grow, double it. No. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> You're 100 percent right. And and also cut in half what you think is going to happen on the back end. You know, it's like yes. Uh, and it's not really about like psyching yourself out. It's more of a, it's just going to cost more time and effort than you yep. think. It just yep. always does, always will. There's going to be snags along the way that you just can't anticipate. But what we can anticipate is that it's just going to cost. And so right. to the best of our ability, dialing in those numbers, adding some onto the top just to make sure. Obviously, you did that with a coach. You've got people, I'm sure, on your team now that you do that with in yep. different departments and industry or different you know divisions. But anything that you would give to the, $600,000 business owner who's it's him and 
you know, two, three folks, one gal in the office or one guy in the office? Like, what would you say to that, that owner, that guy or gal? I, I would say plan for growth and don't let it control you. So be strategic about it. So to me, one of the biggest things I always go back down to is just fundamentals. And I know like each stage of growth creates its own level of issues. So it depends on the stages. You know, at first, certainly it's creating systems or processes, getting the right people in the right seat on the right bus. It is, you cannot go over that enough times, yeah. you know, whether it's family members or your friends or whatever, or whoever is helping really stopping and looking at like, what are people's strengths and, and, uh, you know, having, having a real clear guidelines so that everyone knows which lane they're in. So that doesn't mean that you don't know about the other person's lane. That's something my husband and I learned a long time ago is to really say, if someone comes to me and asks me a question and it's really in John's area, then I say, I don't know, let's find out. That's, that's really a John question. Right. Because it doesn't matter if I know the answer, I may not know the other five things that he's taking into consideration because that's his lane, that's his specialty. Yep. And then for him to do the same thing, it's like a respect for, for each other. And it's also letting everyone else know yeah, this isn't my my area. This is this is his area, or vice versa. So I think I think that's super. That's like critical at the beginning, and really having a plan, having the the, the hard conversations with people to make sure that everyone is aware of your plan <laughs> and yeah. on board with your plan, and willing, willing, capable, and knowledgeable. So like always going through those three things. And if someone is not willing, knowledgeable, or capable, then get them, invite them to be happy somewhere else because it's really holding up the growth. Like if I look back over the 20 years, I've all the lessons that I could have probably sped this whole process up, uh, you know, a, a lot faster than we did. So, 100%. you know, it, it's, it's definitely, those are some of the biggest ones, Cash flow for sure. Having a plan, plan your budget, look at a plan. Are you on track with the plan? Do you need to adjust? Everyone yeah. in today's knows world, we have a lot of stuff going on. So having to adjust more and more <laughs> yeah yeah it's like overnight you know overnight we didn't have home so overnight we weren't able to install tile roofs like that that's a crazy thing you know when you when you plan on so much revenue and and you have tiles on roofs and like all all the things that touches it's it's adjusting and being flexible and really really keeping mm -hmm. in your own lane I, I i think i go back to that one a lot because it's super Spend critical pros. I think also probably relationships. I think that was another key one to really have people that could support you and you, you know, people that you've been supporting all along. It should be a win win. Totally. And you can lean on your vendors and banks and. Yep. Don't, other don't waste your amount of money to talk to your bank. Go talk to your bank banker today. And That's right. That's make right. Make sure you line of credit going. A hundred percent. I, in, in all seriousness, I, I agree with that. Uh, yeah. I agree with everything you've said, but <laughs> just to highlight that little piece there, you're a hundred percent right. You got a plan for it. I love what you said. There was one thing. We'll move on to the speed round here in a second. You said, not only do you have to have a plan and you have to be able to track in essence is what you're saying, but you use the word budget. And this was something that it took me a long time to figure out. I had CPA, you know, CPA with multiple companies, you know, figuring out financials, I, you know, reviewing all the numbers. I had all the numbers dialed in. I'm a numbers guy. But what I didn't do for a long time, what you said is budget or think ahead. So that way, I mean, I was thinking ahead, but like putting numbers on a sheet ahead. So that way, as we're going along, there can be actual adjustments made here. So, okay. So we're about to wrap up September. How did September go? That's looking backwards. 
How did it go in comparison to how we thought it was going to go? And then let's make the adjustment for October and maybe even November, December, as we finish out the year, that's budgeting or planning ahead, putting people in lanes, being able to make adjustments. Uh, And even someone like myself who had a CPA, multiple companies doing millions, that was just that small little thing. That was something that made a big difference for me, which I love what you said there. So let's get over to the speed round here before we run out of time. But you have been incredible so far. So I don't want to, I don't want to rush these answers, but they are the speed round. I want you to just off the top here, give me what comes to your mind (laughs) in this business that you call this roofing, this, this conglomerate, really, what would be the one metric? If you could only pick one to track forever and ever, what would it be? Cash. Okay. Cash in the bank, cash on jobs. Cash on cash return. What, what, what All are you of it. Everything that touches cash. So like how many, how, like basics, how many, how many leads do we get in? Do we have enough leads to bring the sales and do we have enough sales to get stuff done? Do we get enough stuff done to collect? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can't like, to collect. The cash, that cash line, like you got to look at it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Good stuff. Okay. What book would you recommend to a six figure business owner? Trying to get that seven figure mark. I I just finished Daring the Lead by Brene Brown. Okay. And I thought it was fascinating because I, you know, it goes so it goes so much into not just the technical part of it, but like the the technical part of a business and a team, but yeah. just around the culture and the the ownership really of the of the visionary. Yep. Love that. Okay. Good one. What do you think about intentionally networking and or masterminding with other entrepreneurs? It's the basis of our business. <laughs> okay. Why? 100%. I'm a big, because it's all about relationships. Yeah. So people, people buy from people they know, like, and trust. Heard yeah. that before. Yeah. And it takes a while, just like in marketing, you know, awesome. you don't see a commercial and decide you're going to go buy something. Right. I mean, it's usually several touches and it's the same thing with people. It takes several times before you're like, Oh, okay, wait a second. I'm seeing a different side of them. Yeah, I've I've never liked the whole like shove a card. In fact, I don't even carry business cards. People always, you have a card. I'm like, I don't know. You know, you you can figure out how to find me. Now, I'm not saying salespeople should do that because they're trying to do something. But to me, networking is not at all about making a sale right then. It's about the relationship. So it's like it's great in roofing because you either need a roof or you don't. So I didn't have that pressure of, of that. So right. Right. Just go and have and fun. And it's just my job to determine whether you like me or not, you know? And, yeah. and if you like me, you'll do a roof with me. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. It's so simple, but so true. I appreciate your perspective on that. Last question here for you as we wrap up. <clears throat> I want to know if you lost it all, Tamara, what would you do? Ooh, what would I do? I'd probably, <laughs> probably go and be like a, a gypsy with no responsibilities somewhere. <laughs> Run and hide and you know, nobody. Yeah. Go go live on a beach somewhere in uh, wherever, Jamaica or something. That's awesome. Just disappear, it sounds like. Just disappear and no responsibilities. It is a lot of pressure. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure. The, the person right now who's listening, hearing you say there's a lot of pressure, you know, obviously you've, you've built an amazing business, culture, team, brand, this whole, this whole thing. What would you leave them with as they're thinking they're overwhelmed, they're wearing too many hats, you know, they're maybe they're networking, but they really don't have time. 
They don't really have a solid sales process. They're kind of just winging it, going job to job. Maybe they got a couple of guys but or gals that maybe they leave and they're not in the right seat. Like, you know, you remember yeah. this, these moments like I do. What's your, you know, parting thoughts for that business owner? I would say my, my biggest thing, my biggest piece of advice would be to take care of yourself first and not wait until there's time to do that because you, you will just burn out. And it's, I've gone through that before and it's not fun. And you're no good to anyone else if you are not taking care of yourself. So I'd say before anything, put things on the calendar that are going to feed you, whatever that means. You know, I'm the, I'm the queen of 15 minute breaks. I love them. There's something so magical that happens when you just stop working for 15 minutes and go listen to music, screen, dance, color, doesn't matter what you do, yeah. stare at the water, have a whatever how much more productive you are after that. And our brains are ne not necessarily wired that we just want to go, go, go. And, and so I would say insisting on taking care of yourself first, whatever that means to make yourself filled up. So you're like running over with yeah. whatever, whatever, whatever's your, whatever's your mojo, you know? Yeah. I love that. I had an old sales manager. This was, you know, darn near 20 years ago who certain random times throughout the day, they would turn on music like super loud and be like, hey, 30 seconds of mandatory dance. And literally like, hey, stand up, stand up, stand up, you know, and whether you whether you did a jig or not, the point was, is that you you checked out, you took your headset off for a second. Yep. You listened to some music, took a deep breath, you stood up, yep. you got some blood flow, maybe you did a jig. The funny thing is, is that that sales manager was a female. So That's I funny. wonder yeah. if this I little. A, I have a 30 second dance button party. There you and... go press it and they're all over the office. So like, it's really interesting to use that. It really moves the energy around. You get stuck. Yeah. And you're, whenever I find myself feeling like I have to do this or procrastinating, like starting off with a little, you know, for me, just like standing up, ah, like I stupid in for two seconds. It works. Yeah. <laughs> it really does. It really does. Well, Tamara, you've been a absolutely incredible here today. How can the listener find you? If they've just connected, they want to get to know you. Maybe they, they maybe they've got a job that needs to have done in the Pompano or Tampa area. How can they find you? <laughs> TamaraChase.com, probably the easiest. It has all my contact information and, and the different businesses I have on there and my nonprofit on there. So love it. Feel free. Love it. Love Always it. Well, we'll put, we'll put all that in the show notes as well, as long as, as well as with many other quotes that you've given to us here today. And of course, we'll be able to, you know, get all this out here to the listeners very soon. So again, thank you for being here on the show. We appreciate you. I'm sure the listeners feel like I do, which is just wow. So thank you for doing that. Thank you, Tash. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries and now interviewing over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1000 Kings specifically who are grateful, but not done. We're intentionally assembling Kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family and communities. And here's what we believe that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge 
a lasting legacy. So if that relates and, and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.